0: of the blood, on the basis of the blood, I'm more than a conqueror, I'm a son of his love. Well, greetings once again in the name of Jesus, it's Brother Hughes, uh, and <clears throat> back to sharing with you another podcast concerning being born for battle, and uh, we trust that you've been able to hear the other one and it's brought blessing to you and we we'll hopefully go a little deeper this time and talk about some things that's relative and important to the to being the being uh, born into the family of uh, battle. I guess that'd be the way to say it. We started off on the first podcast to, uh, talking about the fact that we're born into a military family and God being a, a man of war <clears throat> and, and then he teaches our hands to war just to reiterate a little bit. And we're going to talk some more about that uh, along that subject. We've got a lot of ground to cover. We don't know how much of this we're going to do. It may be quite a lengthy series, but hopefully it, uh, uh, we can get some things condensed and brought to a place where we can listen to it uh, without a lot of effort because eventually we want to make this available, uh, you know, on our product table as we travel and at others it may be one of some copies of all of this and we're advertising on our website I don't know if, if if you have looked at our website, but if you have, uh, or if you haven't, please go to, you know, realm, uh, net and, and you'll find all kinds of information on there about the ministry and uh, different products that are available. And so we encourage you to do that. Praise God. We're glad that you listen to this. We know that we, on an average, seem to have about 900 people, sometimes more, sometimes a little less that watch, uh, not watch, but listen to the podcast. And so we're very grateful about that from different nations of the world. So wherever you're listening to this from, we are exceedingly happy that you're listening. And we uh asking God to help us to be a blessing to you. Amen. Now, we talked to you start. We kind of used as our text, at least for this series, this part of it. Genesis 3.15, where the Lord said after Adam and him's fall, and he was speaking to him, actually was prophesying about what was going to happen thousands of years down the road uh, uh, at the cross of Calvary. And 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 it said it this way, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And so, comparatively speaking, the devil's going to have a lot more damage done to him than than Jesus, you know, was. Even though it looked like in the natural that Jesus, you know, was got the worst end of the deal. But he really did not get the worst end of the deal in in comparison to him. And, and when I say that, by any means, I'm not making light of, you know, of Calvary and all the price that was paid there. Because we're going to talk some about that in, in this podcast. And so... Uh, Things that we just really need to see. But but, but to to reiterate some more things, I want you to make make you aware that the Bible doesn't tell us to gird ourselves around with armament just for the sake to walk around and look like we're ready for battle. Uh, When Paul talks to the church at Ephesus, he was talking to a group of people who were very familiar with all kinds of spiritual activity. And so he told him, put on the whole armor of God. And he, he specified the armor, and we're not really talking about that, but, you know, have a helmet of salvation, have the breastplate of righteousness, have the uh, shield of, of faith, the sword of the Spirit, a feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. And so he laid out some uh, some armament for you and I so that we could uh, understand that, you know, uh, like he said to the church at Corinth, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And so <clears throat> if that's so, we're not prepared uh To do anything less than that, so we're to be a people of war, I know that that kind of rubs the fur on some people the wrong direction and gets them a little irate because I've had people tell me, Well, brother, we just need to be people of peace. Well we will talk about that a little bit here as we go along. We'll get to it, and when we get to it, we'll kind of reiterate that again now, the fullness of time in the fullness of time, Jesus Christ, seed of the woman, was born, lived, and died, and become our sacrifice. He suffered the attacks and harassment of Satan. Through what he did, he became the captain of our salvation. Now, all that's tied together, and there's no way you can look at that without coming to the conclusion that Jesus, being the captain of our salvation, he suffered first. Actually, the Hebrew writer said, we've not yet uh, uh, um, resisted to the point of shedding blood like he did. Uh, So there was, you know, when we talk about when he when we talk about being a soldier in the army of the Lord when we've been talking about being born into a military family we are talking about fighting we got to understand that Jesus never asked us to do something that he hasn't done now there's a there's a point to that uh, the, and I, I think I probably have this later on in my notes and I'm not looking at it right now but the the thing about this what he did is a once and for all thing and it's just it's up for you and I to it's up to you and I as a church to mop up after him in other words we do the mop-up work if you want to use that terminology that is we clean up all of that mess uh you know that the devil tries to perpetrate on us just because he was defeated doesn't mean he's not going to try he does it wherever he has the right to do it and he does it when people are ignorant uh, of of who they are and concerning the rights that they have in christ but he became the captain of our salvation well you the scripture calls him that and if scripture calls him a captain that's a military term so Jesus is a person who was acquainted with warfare. Uh, we see on various occasions uh, through the scriptures that uh, I'll say various, a few anyway. <clears throat> excuse me, of, of of people who came, and uh, I mean, who angels who came and ministered to him. So thank God, uh, you know that uh, <clears throat> that was, uh, you know, there was something that he, uh, you know, he had available to him, and he said that uh, right before he went to the cross. He, you know, he said. When they took a sword and tried to fight his battles for him in the natural, uh his disciples, he said, Don't you know that right now, if I needed to, I could call 12 legions of angels? Well, that's somewhere around 17,000, I mean, 70 some thousand angels. And we see just one case in the Old Testament where the angel uh, of the Lord smote the camp of the Midianites, 180,000 people one night. And so <clears throat> that was no, uh, that was no, uh, you know, small feet. You know, we, in other words, and and that's also important. The Bible said that I think it's Hebrews one fourteen. it says, that, "Are they not all ministering spirits sent to minister to them who shall be heirs of salvation?" And so, <clears throat> maybe a good a, a a more clear way to say is to minister on the behalf of and for, because the old Ta- and the Old Testament said we're encamped around about the angels of the Lord are encamped around about those who fear the Lord, or that has who have a reverential respect. So. Uh, Why would we even need an encampment of angels if there wasn't that uh, possibility of, you know, attacked and and, uh, battle with the enemy of our soul? Well, you know, all of that's maybe a logical approach, but at the same time, it's a spiritually logical approach. That means there's a reason for all of that. Praise God that we have that uh, available to us. I believe the Scripture said our angels— talking about the children and we don't lose them because we grow up as as sometimes we've heard someone say uh always behold the face of the father so that's you know the angelic beings are there they're 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 mighty uh beings created by god for his purposes and part of that purpose is is to protect you and i praise god and and to assist us the bible said they hearken to the voice of the lord well I, when I pastored, I taught people. I said, "Listen, you want to hear the voice of the Lord? You pick up the Bible and see if you can hear it. You don't hear one thing. You can hold that Bible as close to your ear as you want to, or any proximity that you hear good at, and you won't hear anything there at all. But what you will hear is when it comes out of your mouth. And uh, so, with a, He teaches my hands to war, and He, and He, and so we." uh he teaches us how to operate and move and flow in warfare. And Jesus, as I told you the last, the first podcast, warred with the word, uh, with, with this written. He used the word and warred with the word. So, what he, he did, be, he became the captain of our salvation. See, the original soldier then of the cross, pressing forward along the lonely road to victory through the suffering of death. Now, the, the, when, when the devil used the Roman soldiers to nail his feet to the cross, That didn't prevent him from bruising the devil's head. In fact, the very thing that he tried to accomplish with the feet uh, by destroying the feet of Jesus or harming the feet of Jesus was to keep his head from being bruised. You know, you would think that that the devil would have an understanding that what God was talking about was a spiritual operation, uh, and. Possibly he did, but he did everything in his power to keep it from him. but it did not stop that. Uh, there are some scriptures found in Colossians and I love these verses and uh, and and they really bring some understanding to you and I. Listen to it, would you please? Colossians 2, 13, 14, and 15. And you, talking about us, being dead in our sins and then circumcision of our flesh, hath he quickened together or made alive with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. This, this is a result of... Calvary, There's are results of what happened at the cross. Blotting out the handwritings of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. In other words, the devil, thinking he was to destroy Jesus once and forever, nailing him to the cross, he didn't realize that when Jesus went to the cross, we went with him. When he died, we died with him. When he went to, to the grave, we went with him. When he went to hell and defeated the devil, we Technically speaking, we went with him or he went on our behalf. Uh, uh, you know, he became sin, the scripture said, who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Second Corinthians five twenty-one. And then this next verse is the, is the clincher. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Now, here's here's the idea in the Greek language about that particular verse right there. Having spoiled principalities and powers, one writer illustrated this way, he says, like a person who's been maybe working out in the yard, working in a garden, a little garden they have, and they've got this garment on to kind of protect their, their main clothes, and they have it, it becomes extremely dirty and, <clears throat> and uh, uh, you know, soiled and have a lot of stain on it. and Boy, that's kind of how, how we are. We kind of soiled and got a lot of stain. But nevertheless, different point. The point is, When that person comes into the house, they take that uh, thing off and throw it aside. Well, Jesus was like Jonah. Jonah was the type of Jesus when he was in the belly of the whale. He said he was in the belly of hell. From the belly of hell, he cried out. And so in the belly of hell, he cried out. And the Bible said he had seaweed, all kinds of various things wrapped around his head. Well, that's kind of a a type of what happened to Jesus. The devils wrapped themselves around him thinking we've got him. We finally got the seed of woman. He's not going to be able to raise from the dead. We've got him captive. He's in hell. He's because Jesus took sin. There was no, see, that's a mistake. The devil made. Jesus was not sinful. He took our sin. And when he, and, and, and the Bible said he nailed it to the cross. Everything about you and I, that was, uh, <clears throat> that was, uh, that would keep us from going to heaven. Every sin, everything we ever done was in in the body of Christ was nailed to the cross for us. And so we, he, he was the sacrificial lamb for us. He took the sin in the old Testament. They had uh, two lambs and one they offered and, uh, and shed the blood for. And the other one, they, the elders laid hands on it, transferred the sin and took it outside of the gate. And, and, and Jesus was, by the way, crucified outside the city of Jerusalem. It was a type of that, but the sins were transferred to that one and it was and and turned loose. It was gone. That's what the Bible said. Our sins are forgiven and never be remembered against us anymore. And so and Jesus then, the Bible said, having spoiled principalities of power, the devils were wrapped around him. And I like to illustrate it this way. You know, there he was three days and three nights in the belly of hell. It's like Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale. Jesus was in the belly of hell. A lot of people don't believe he went there. But to my, I believe he did. I don't believe there's a way we can say from the scriptures that he didn't. I don't think that the sacrifice could have been completely complete had he not uh, experienced death spiritually. And I do not mean with that that he ceased to exist. I mean that for a moment in time, he was locked away from the presence of God and had absolutely no contact with God. He would just like, be like a person going to hell and never realizing that they Because they're a son of God or a child of God, it's a temporary thing. It's not going to last forever. Uh, There's a man who wrote the book, uh, 23 Minutes in Hell, and I I don't have that name right before me right now, but some of you may may have read it or know about it and you should read it. He talks about that very kind of a thing. He was in hell and he didn't remember he was a Christian. He said, if I would have remembered, I've known I'd get out. So maybe I don't know that, but maybe that's where Jesus was. I don't know. Anyway, he was shut away from the death I'm talking about. He was he was away from the presence of God for, for that period of time. And then when the devil had done everything he could do, thinking that he had literally destroyed the seed of a woman once and forever and and sealed his uh, conquest of the kingdom, then he, uh, I believe, uh, Jesus just kind of, I illustrated this way, he just looked at him and said, Devil, have you done all you can do? And he said, I have. And he said, Death, have you done all you can do? And Death said, I have. He said, Grave, have you done all you can do? Yeah, I've done all I can do. He said, well, I'm going to get up then. The Bible said down through the corridors of hell, the voice of God rang and and said, Today, this is my son. Today, this is my son. I have begotten him. He's he's mine. In other words, Jesus met the test, passed the test. And so on that third day, he rose up and literally flung the devils aside. Just like, And that's what that scripture means right there. Having spoiled principalities of power, that means he just flung them off. And he made a show of them openly, which which that word show openly, those words show openly, carries this idea in one commentary I read. that is it's like in the days of the, the Roman conquerors when they went out to battle and the, the people that they, the kings and the leaders that they conquered, they would march them down through the, down through the, Wherever the amongst the people, whatever the whatever way it was, whatever road that Appian Way, whatever they took, and showed them uh, being conquered to all the people of Rome. When they come to the end, of course they, you know, they put their foot up on them and displayed their conquest over them. That's that in essence is what Jesus did. Having spoiled principalities and power, he took the devil, he took the keys to death, hell, and the grave that the devil had, and he. And laid hold of those keys and he marched that devil through wherever, through the bowels of hell, through the spirit realm for sure, and and put his number 10 shoe right on top of his neck and declared him defeated, not only by him, but for and by the church. Hallelujah. What he did, he did for us. Everything he did, he did for us. There was no selfish motive behind anything that he did because he, he submitted his will. He said, "Lord, if it if it's your will, let this cup pass from him. But if not, then you know, let it be." And so having spoiled, I mean, so he rose up, flung the devils, all the demons off of, him, and took the head devil and head, or the devil himself, and took him down through the wherever it was he went in hell. I say and put and, and declared his conquest over him. Hallelujah! So they, so so that 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 means he the word triumph means he marched is captive openly before the spirit world that's really what that the definition of that word is so so you know I love those scriptures these are important. To realize when you and I go to battle, bless God, we're going to have to deal with things like, the, uh, like what He did with, in some ways, and we need to realize that in Christ and in God and in the kingdom of heaven, all of that stuff has been defeated. Hallelujah! And all we got to do is rise up and put the devil in his place. Hallelujah! I, you know, it's so get I get excited when I think about this. Then, so Jesus, then as Lord of all. Uh, of all is beyond the reach of satan's attacks in other words satan cannot uh, affect him anymore because the finished work of calvary is now completely unassailable in other words you cannot get to it nothing that satan may do can change the finality of the victory stroke that that crushed his head now that's we're talking about warfare we're talking about things we do We, we you know we we uh jesus won the battle praise god it's over As far as as God is concerned in the mind of God, it's over. But you and I, the devil, tries us every way he possibly can to see if we know that, to see if we have understanding of those kinds of things. And if we don't, then he defeats us. And there's a, listen, I've lived a long time in the Christian world, and I've seen a lot of defeated Christians. And there's been some times in my life when the enemy, at least for a season of time, defeated me until I got a revelation of who I am and what my rights are and what Christ has done for me. And then here's what I'm really talking about. I rose up and said, this will be no more of this. See, listen, you don't have to scream to be bold. You don't have to. When I'm talking about boldness, you need to rise up boldly and declare to the devil and the works of hell, listen, this has been done and you're not going to do this to me. So when I'm talking about warfare, I'm kind of talking about that kind of a thing. You just rise up and t- put the devil in his place and tell him where he can go. You know, we like to tell him, it does sound a little more like cursing, but but nevertheless, you know, he's going there and we don't have to worry about it. And actually, he's in hell, but eventually hell is going to be cast into the lake of fire and, and that's going to be a glorious day for the church. Hallelujah. And so Jesus then, uh, in the fullness of time, Jesus Christ, the seed of the woman, was born, lived, and died and become our sacrifice, suffered the attacks and harassment of Satan. And, and what he did became the captain of our salvation. Hallelujah. Now, it's important to know that he's the captain of our salvation. The implication then of that victory over the powers of evil and its application in the world of men is now in the hands of the church. And that was something I've been trying to tell you all along. But I had it written down because I wanted to write it down in a way where it could be said, well, I'm going we'll say it again. The implication of the victory over the powers of evil, that it is what Jesus has done, and its application in the world of men is now in the hands of the church. Hallelujah. In other words, the the attack of Satan is no longer against Jesus because he cannot reach Jesus. And so you know then then he's going to go after you and I. I mean, that's just kind of how it works. We don't like to hear that. Sometimes, I have a scripture here, and we're gonna kind of reverse around on our notes a little bit. But listen to this one: John fifteen twenty said, "Remember the word that I said unto Jesus talking now. Remember the word that I said unto you: the servant is not greater than his lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also." Well, persecution comes through men most of the time. And come, uh, the devil can persecute you, as well, of course, spiritually, harass your mind, and different things like that. But persecution, uh, you know, it wasn't, it was not the Pharisees that killed Jesus. It was the devils in the Pharisees that killed Jesus. He motivated them to do it. Religious devils, the worst kind of devil in the world, and so uh, you know that that was that was what was behind it all. So the but the application of the victory that Christ has won is brought about by the church. We apply what He has done. That's part of our warfare. We 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 have to. The Bible said, "Now to the through the church, the manifold wisdom of God is made manifest to the principalities and powers." Ephesians chapter three. Please read that, and uh, about verses eight through twelve. I think it is. And so, th- through the church, there's an application of uh, 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 of the victory. That is, we enforce the rule of law that has been established in the realm of the spirit. Now, a lot of things over in the natural realm going to stop, if not most of them, if not all of them, most of them, if not all of them, when you and I begin to take uh, authority in spiritual in the spiritual realm and put the devil in his place. Praise God forevermore, because you know you know his. His bitter enmity is now directed toward the church in the earth. I mean, he hates God, but he can't get to God. He can't get to Jesus, but he won't get to God and Jesus through us. So he thinks he's going to do something, and a lot of times he does it and gets by, seemingly gets by with it, but then eventually uh, it turns around. God brings it all around. You know, I've lived long enough to see a lot of that happen over and over in our own personal life as well as others. And uh, and in fact, we just had a situation just recently and I won't go into great detail, but the devil tried to destroy some of our property and looked like he succeeded at it. But in the end results, it all got repaired and we come out of it more or less smell like a rose, Uh, come out of it financially better, as well as, you know, uh, our property being restored and brought back to a place of originality. So that's that's you know we've seen that happen so many times i can't even begin to tell you but i, I know that god says you go ahead and do what you are going to do devil but when it's all said and done i got the final word here and the final word is I, is victory and that's the way that's the way it is it it, 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 it amazes me the bible said in proverbs 6:31 if you catch a, if a thief gets caught for stealing and there was no reason for him to steal he didn't have no reason for it then he means he means to pay it sevenfold and this that's one of the things that just happened recently with our situation, I told the devil. I said, "You, you stole something off of me." Actually, I, I parked in a parking lot and somebody backed into my automobile and done about six, about seven hundred, close to seven hundred dollars worth of damage. Of course, I had a five hundred dollar deductible. I told the devil. I said, "I pay my tithe, devil, and I give to the kingdom of God." And I'm gonna tell you how it's gonna, how this is gonna run, how this is gonna play out. You're gonna play sevenfold, and you better know that you, you better let me know when you do it. Well, this last situation uh that happened. Well then there was a over oh, there was a I wasn't supposed to get a certain amount of money, but I got my sevenfold over and above. It came didn't come from God's people, it came from the devil's kingdom. And he, I'm sure he's not too happy about that, but that's the word. The word has to be enforced. If you don't enforce the word, then the devil's gonna do anything he wants to. Jesus has paid the price for it. He spoiled him. He openly made a show of him. Now, because of the hostility of the devil, the work of conforming the members of Christ's body into soldiers is a high priority on the list of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read that again, because of the hostility of the devil. The work of conforming the members of Christ's body into soldiers is a high priority in the in the list of the Holy Spirit. See, we're told in Second uh, Timothy two three to endure hardness as or undergo hardness as a good or a valuable soldier of Jesus, of Christ. And we're told in 1 Timothy six twelve to fight the good fight of faith. And the Bible said Paul did it. He he Look what he said in 2 Timothy 4, 7. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. That's the idea, isn't it? We fought We as soldiers. We're, we we didn't join the army to, to go AWOL. But, boy, there's a lot of God's people AWOL. That means absent without leave. in case you don't understand. God didn't dismiss them from anything. They run from battle, and, and that's not the thing to do. Now, the history of every saint in every age is one of conflict. The pathway to discipleship is one of certain warfare. We just read it in John fifteen twenty, but he says in John 16, 33, and I'm going to give you that verse as well. These things I have spoken unto you that you might that you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. See, the devil is the prince and power of the earth. He runs the earth because Adam gave it to him. And it looks like he has the victory. But the Bible said for us to be peaceful. And even though we're in the world and even though we have tribulation, persecution, warfare, call it what you want to call it, we still have overcome because he's overcome. Hallelujah to God for that. Now, so we need to ask ourselves this question. Am I expressing the enmity of God, uh, that God put between the devil and the head of the church, Jesus? Second question, am I seeking, and this is an important one, am I seeking detente, coexistence, and peace through compromise? Absolutely. A good part of the church is doing just exactly that. They're looking for a detente, and they look to coexist. They look for some, some. they want to form some language like politicians, uh, talk about tolerance. They want to form some language that uh, says, okay, let's just coexist with the devil. I know he's bad and he's in the world and doing all that, so let's don't cause him any problems and he won't cause us any. Wrong, wrong, he hates you. If you're a Christian, you're a real Christian, he hates you. You cannot coexist with the devil and you can't have peace when you compromise. It's impossible. It's impossible to obtain God's peace through compromise. We need to overcome. We need to be victorious in the things of God, amen, and, and, and press the point. The Bible said the kingdom of God is suffering the violent, but the violent press into it. And so we, the kingdom of God then is not meat and drink, but is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And then another question, am I available to my Lord and captain as a willing instrument, ready for use in his warfare? Now, are we ready? Well, you know, soldiers go through boot camp. they got to you go, they go the discipline disciple class we should. we should have disciple classes. We need to set people down and say, "Listen, you're a Christian, God wants to bless you. I don't have no problem with God blessing you, but you're not going to get it by just sitting around and twiddling your thumbs, pal. You're going to have to get up and take the property that God has paid for you, and you need to get on it. Hallelujah, and, and because if you don't, the devils will rob you blind, you'll steal everything you got. And, and, and people just foolishly sit down sometimes and let that devil get by with everything. I've done it sometimes. I hate to admit it, but I've done it sometimes. But boy, I tell you, when the realization of it sets in, then I just rise up on my hind legs, so to speak, and say, this is it. This is as far as you're going, devil. And besides all that, you're going to give back what you stole because you didn't have a right to it to begin with. You stole it, you lying, stinking rascal, and you're going to pay it back. And so you have to really, you know, all that rough talk don't mean a whole lot. You just have to tell him the word. You can tell him that, but you need to quote the word while you're telling him that kind of stuff. Am I, then am I, uh, question, another question, am I aware of the teaching of scripture about my part in spiritual conflict? Well, that's a, that's a good question because a lot of people are not. They don't know what they're, they think, well, I'm going to just let God take care of it. Well, he will up to a point. Listen, don't try to put off on the sovereignty of God what needs to be uh, laid upon your authority as a believer. You need to forget that God will do anything he wants to. If he'd do anything he wants to, everybody would be saved. and be all over with him, we'd leave this earth. It's not that way. Man's got a choice and a will in the matter. And, it's, it's, and that's important uh, in warfare uh, as, as much as anything. So am I aware of the teaching the scriptures about my part in the spiritual conflict? We have a part. It's our part. You know, tell the devil, get back on his side of the fence, so to speak, you know what I'm saying, Tell him you get you get back where you belong. you don't have you have you may be a god of this world, and you may have the life control of some people's lives, but not mine. Jesus is my Lord, he's the captain of my salvation, and my allegiance is to him and him alone, and that's the way it is, and no compromise with you whatsoever, you know, like you know it's kind of like when a schoolboy playing with school learns that the will of the individual must be super subservient subservient. To, for, for, at all times to the will of their captain that's the way it is with us submitting ourselves to god resisting the devil and he, then when they understand he he plays to give all that he has for the glory of his side not just to win a name for himself and a lot of people brother, fit right in that category they want some some kind of reputation or whatever they want in this matter no, Listen, listen uh, you know, I've been labeled over the years to be a devil caster outer, And I, you know, I'm not flattered by that. I'm glad that God gave me the power to cast out devils. And I'm glad we've seen a lot of people delivered, but there's nothing flattering about that statement whatsoever. I don't like, you know, I mean, it's, this part of the job. I'm a soldier in the army and there's some things I got to do. There's some parts of the enemy conflict that I've got to deal with. And that's one of them. A lot of preachers won't deal with it. They don't want to admit the fact that it's real. They won't deal with it, but brother, it's real. And you better, you better get down to business, that kind of stuff. Now, so in comparison to the battle of the cross was won on the praying fields, uh, in comparison to what I just said, the battle of the cross was won on the praying fields of Gethsemane. Not the playing fields, like I was talking about, but the praying, P-R-A-Y-N-G fields. Jesus taught his disciples the need to pray, the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. The obvious inference, of course, in all of that is God has limited certain of his activities to responding to the prayer of his people. I, You know, I won't have enough time. I talk to them about prayer, uh, and they're on, uh, on here on the podcast, and you ought to listen to that because we talk about that kind of thing. But it don't seem like God does anything in the earth unless somebody asks him, John Wesley said. So heaven may will something to happen, but waits and encourages earth, earth's earth's initiative to desire the will and pray it to happen. Let's see. Well, you know, he said he gives the desires of the heart. God does not do his will on earth by some persuasive movement of his power that overrides the will of man. He never does that. I said God does not do his will on the earth by some persuasive movement of his power that overrides the will of man. But on the contrary, on the contrary, God willed His hand to be held back while He seeks for a man to plead for His will on earth. Listen to Ezekiel twenty-two thirty. I sought for a man among them that sh- that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I shall shall not destroy it. But I found none. Well, Christ did that. Jesus was the man for you and I. He did it. If He had not been for Him, things would have been wiped out and destroyed a long time ago. My, my. So the cross of Christ then represents one focal point in history at which the redemptive work of God for man focused and culminated in one infinite, massive act. In other words, the first man, Adam, brought sin on us, according to the Romans. The Book of Romans, chapter five, six, and seven, one of those chapters. That first man, Adam, sinned and brought that on mankind. The second man, Adam, brought righteousness on us. Now the Bible said that Jesus has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And so, what He did culminated at the cross, one infinite, massive act at the cross, and He destroyed all the works of hell. Having He. Uh, having spoiled principalities and powers he made a show of them openly so Gethsemane then or his place of prayer represents the vital principle that made it happen it was there that Jesus fought the battle it was there with the struggle it was in that realm of prayer that the Bible said he sweat as it were great drops of blood that happens they tell you medically when a person gets under tremendous pressure so the pressure of obeying the will of God knowing what he was going to do knowing where he was going to go knowing how it was going to play down was was, you know weighing heavily upon Jesus but yet he prayed not my will but thine be done God looked for that kind of a man and that's a, that's what he's saying he's established his will in his earth he's looking for somebody else to say come along and say I'm, I want not my will God I want your will to be done help me to do that and that's part of warfare you've got to understand that your, your will in the matter has everything in the world to do with his will in the matter his will could be perfect and it is perfect what he said is perfect is for us it'll work every time it'll work and it'll work proficiently every time but you got to set your will in agreement with his will. That's part of what it means to be submissive, and that's part of what it means to be a soldier. I joined the military, went to the Vietnam War. I, I I was young when I went in, seventeen years old when I went in. I was in a war zone at eighteen, uh, and, and and eighteen years of age. And, and but somehow or another, is you know, I was very uninformed about things in ways. I mean, I, I was eighteen. You don't know much, but. But I understood what it meant when when my commander said, "Go do this." I understood what it meant. Go do it. Was no question about it. It wasn't wasn't my choice in the matter because once I signed that paper and said I will uphold the Constitution of the United States of America and all the things that's involved in that confession that you have to make when you're signing up to join, I I I I, I purposed to do that even to the point of laying down my life. And that's what God is saying. If you're going to, if you're going into warfare, you better understand uh, that like the three Hebrew children, when they got ready to be thrown into the fiery furnace, they said to King, you know, we're not, we're not slack about how we're going to answer you about this. If, if you throw us into fire and if it's God's will, you, you know, then that's fine. If we burn, we fine. But if not, we're not going to burn. And whatever the, whatever the consequence is, we've made the choice. We're not bowing our knee to the devil. We're not bound to you. That's what they were saying to the king. And we say, devil, I don't care what comes and what goes. I'm not bowing my knee. This is part of the makeup of what it takes to be a warrior in the kingdom of God. When you become a soldier, you become one lock, stock, and barrel, as we say. In other words, you go out all the way, whole hog. And so God's warfare against the Satan is, is carried out by his submissive people resisting the devil insisting God's will be done, actively resisting i might add the devil so we need to be contentiously on 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 his case and tell him how it's going to be amen praise god i hope it's been a help to you today i look forward to being with you on the next podcast we got several more along this line we want to do and we believe they will be a help to you we appreciate appreciate you paying attention listening to all of this and we pray that uh, you be blessed uh we bless we bless you in the name of the lord we pray if you're listening to this close to christmas time we wish you a Merry Christmas and a blessed, Happy New Year and all that comes along with that. And this is Brother Hughes reminding you, God is exalted, Satan is defeated, and Jesus Christ, Christ is born. life. By one Jesus Christ, one Jesus Christ Reigning through life On the basis of the blood